0: Beginning at the first verse, we're going to listen to a story of Jesus, and then Jesus is going to have this whole conversation with his disciples about storytelling, and then he's going to move ahead and and explain the story that he just shared with his disciples. So, that same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying... And other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. And then the disciples came and asked him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered, what to you has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. with them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, you will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that they might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So then hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, which is sown in the heart, that is what was sown on the path. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, well, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. And as for what was sown among the thorns, well, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil... Ah, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. So, Lord, we are grateful that we have this chance to be here this morning and to hear your word and to have the chance to reflect upon it. We're grateful to live in a country that gives us the freedom to do that without any fear of recrimination. And we're grateful that you give us the freedom to live out this word in whatever form or fashion you wish us to do. So we pray that we would have ears to hear and hearts to discern, eyes to see, And minds to wonder about what it is that you want us to do with your word, for we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the Archie League Medals of Safety were handed out a few months ago. A few years ago, I took an interest in the Archie League Medal of Safety Awards because I have nothing else better to do with my life. Now, actually, I took interest in this because I got to thinking about a group of people who have managed to keep me alive for many, many, many years. And they have kept you alive, too. These are people likely you have not met nor will meet. The Archie League Medal of Safety Awards are handed out once a year to air traffic controllers who played a significant role in helping pilots avoid serious aviation disasters. The Archie League Medal of Safety Awards are focused on these men and women in the control towers of airports across the country who are minute by minute in conversation with pilots, helping them to get off the ground and then back onto the ground. And sometimes it is their voice, it is their quick thinking, it is their split decisions that are the only hope of a pilot and a plane in trouble. I think of Al Hurst, an air traffic controller in Southern California who received the award for helping two airliners, Southwest 2049 and SkyWest 6100, avoid a mid-air collision in the skies above Los Angeles. I think of Ken Hoff at Boston's Logan Airport who received the award for helping a young woman land a small plane she had never flown after her father had had passed out at the stick. I think of Scott. DeTamo to in Newark Air Tower, who was observant enough to notice the Air India Flight 145 on its final approach, did not have its landing gear down. Last year, the President's Award given to the air traffic controller who executed the greatest to save was given to two controllers in Florida who guided down from the skies over Orlando as Cessna piloted by a father with his young son sitting behind him whose engine was on fire. This year, the award was given to two controllers who diverted a Piedmont airliner seconds away from landing at Boston's Logan Airport, not on the runway, but on an occupied taxiway. So when I read about these stories, it sensitizes me to those moments when I'm sitting myself in a Boeing 737, flipping through a magazine, and we're making our final descent, and there is this conversation that I'm not hearing that is going on all around me of dozens of pilots and dozens of airplanes talking to the control tower, hanging on their every word of instruction so that they can get their plane and the souls on board safely to the ground. I love how in transportation they refer to passengers as souls. The lives and souls of tens of millions of people every year hang in the balance in the conversations that take place between these men and women in control towers and airplane cockpits. To get a feel for how important these conversations are, imagine yourself sitting in a commercial airliner about 20,000 feet up in the air, getting, making your descent to your destination, and by accident, you hear over the intercom a pilot talking to the co-pilot, and you hear the pilot say, you know, Charlie, what do you say we turn off the radio and land this thing on our own? And the co-pilot says, yeah, why not? We can figure this thing out by ourselves. How does this make you feel? Do you applaud the pilot team for their sense of self-confidence and experience? Do you like their bravado and their can-do attitude? Or is it your every impulse to jump out of your seat, rush to the cockpit, threaten harm if they do not turn on that radio and listen to every word, I mean every word, of that air traffic controller? Disaster looms if people are not listening to what is being said from beyond. Danger ensues when the pilot does not hang on every word that the air traffic controller has to say. Some of you are pilots, and you know better than the rest of us what all this is about. Last week we were in Savannah for the night and we stayed down along the Savannah River which gives you a front row seat to these massive cargo ships that make their way into and out of the port of Savannah. And it's staggering first of all to consider how such massive boats each a couple hundred thousand tons can even float not to mention dock. But then you realize These massive vessels are so utterly dependent, as big as they are, utterly dependent on those radio waves of the local control station and those tiny little tugboats that push them to safety. One wrong instruction and disaster follows. You cannot arrive on your own. Most of not all the amazing things we do as human beings, we do not do on our own. Most, if not all, the amazing things we do as human beings, we do not do on our own. We rely upon the guidance, the words, the wisdom, the direction of voices beyond us. That is a truth that goes as far back as the first page of the Bible when God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. We are more amazing when we do not do it by ourselves. And yet I wonder how many of us think that we've got to go through this thing alone. How many of us consider that we are kind of alone in the cockpit with no headphones? How many of us feel like we are piloting through our life by ourselves? wouldn't be a surprise that that is the message that you got along the way, you know, that they're they're in this thing by yourself and that life is just a matter of learning from your mistakes and trial by error and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and the best school to go to is the school of hard knocks. It's best to figure this thing out all by yourself. Turn off the radio, see if you can land it on your own. In fact, the more you do it on your own, some will say to you, the more respect you get, Not if you're piloting a plane. It is a dangerous fool who pilots a plane without listening to every word. So, in an abrupt shift of metaphor, Jesus tells us a story about God, our Father in heaven. He says that God is like a farmer who is throwing seed. God is this farmer that is sowing seed, and he's sowing the seed of his word. His word to us, his message to us. And the word that God has for us is a word that is intended to take root in us in order that we might bear fruit. not just a little fruit, but a lot of fruit. And not just a lot of fruit, but amazing fruit, incredible fruit. That's the promise of the story of the sower and the seed. God wants to plant the seed of his word into our lives, each one of our lives, because it is God's desire to give us the opportunity to live out the abundant life. God wants our lives to be lives of bearing amazing fruit, fruit that we give to the world, and in doing so, gives us, in turn, great joy. There is nothing better in life Count on this as the message of Scripture. There is nothing better in life than you bearing fruit for the world to enjoy. Nothing. And God's promises is that if you receive His Word, let the Word take root in you, you will be about the joyful life of bearing fruit. That God's ultimate goal is to give you the joy of bearing fruit for the kingdom. It's not God's will to whip you into shape. It's not God's will to make you feel guilty all the time. It's not God's will to somehow, you know, keep some kind of scorecard on your life. God's word is intended to give you the joy of bearing fruit. So it's no surprise that when we hear Jesus tell us a story about receiving his word, the first word he says and the last word he says is the word, Listen. Listen for my word. He says, listen to my word. Listen. In fact, in the 23 verses I just read to you from Matthew, Jesus uses the word listen, hear, and understand at least 20 times. Listen, hear, understand. If you want your life to bear abundant kingdom fruit, Jesus says, listen, hear, understand. For the truth is, God is speaking all the time. The airwaves are full of the word of God. If only, Jesus says, we would. But listen hear and understand. God speaks to us in his creation. God speaks to us in his son Jesus. God speaks to us in his scripture as Jesus teaches us to understand it. God speaks to us in his creation, in Jesus, and in his scripture. God speaks to us in creation. The heavens are declaring the glory of God, the psalmist says. The incredible and beautifully balanced creation gives us a word about God, God's goodness, God's sustaining spirit, God's creative web and beauty and interdependence surrounds us every day in the earth and sky and water of creation. Listen. Hear. Understand. God speaks to us in Jesus, the incarnate Word of God who takes on our flesh and speaks human language and tells us the stories of the kingdom and the standards of the good life. Jesus, the suffering servant who gives up his life for his friends and overcomes death itself. God with skin on, with four accounts of his life in the Bible. Listen, hear, understand. And then speaking of the Bible, the incredible story of God and, and, the, and his people with a life lesson on just about every page. And Jesus, the teacher, who says, who says what to pay attention to. Love God, love neighbor, love your enemy. This sacred text of the word of God handed down to us over 100 generations. Listen. Hear. Understand. If you want to live an abundantly fruitful life, God says, you begin by listening, hearing, understanding the Word in creation, the Word in Jesus, and the Word in Scripture. Now, the thing is that it's not that you can't manage your life without all these things. Millions and billions of people don't pay any attention at all, and they seem to get through life all right. You know, they've got families, they got their own jobs, sometimes they make even a lot of money without ever listening necessarily to this Word of God that is surrounding us. And God says about all that, if that's all you want, then that's all you'll get. But if you want this greater joy, this... Incredible joy of bearing the kingdom's fruit, of living your life for heavenly purposes, of discovering the deeper meaning of your days, then build your life, Jesus says, around listening and hearing and understanding the word of God. Early in her ministry, Mother Teresa heard a word from God that she should build an orphanage for the outcasts of Calcutta. She should build this orphanage and this is this word that she's hearing listening and she's trying to understand for herself And so she goes to her superiors and she asks for their permission to build this orphanage and they asked They asked (laughs) they asked how much money do you have And she said I have Three pennies and they said, well, you, you, you can't build an orphanage with three pennies. And she said, you're right. But with three pennies and the word of God, I can build anything. Jesus said, the one who hears the word and understands it, oh, it is this one who bears fruit. A hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold. Listen, hear, understand. And, and this word this word from the tower, maybe the most important thing this word is from the tower, is that it tells us about all the other planes on the sky. You know, where we are flying with this little window, and the only thing we see is right in front of us. And yet the word from the tower comes and says, oh, by the way, there's all other kinds of souls surrounding you that you might want to be mindful of in order for you to land well. Are you getting this word, this incredible word of God whose greatest desire is for us to have the joy of bearing the fruit of the kingdom, the word of God that's surrounding us in his world, the word of God that is found in Jesus, and the word of God that is sitting on your shelf in that book called the Bible. You're flying through the air, and the word is all around you, and the question is, are you just going to keep landing it on your own? Or will you put on the headphones? For the one who hears the word and understands it, it is this one who bears fruit. So every Sunday on those tables back there, there is this thing called God's story, your story. And we're guessing that you, most of you may pass by this and not see it. Uh, Or perhaps you got handed it to you when you came in. Uh, And included in that are these Bible readings. This summer, the readings are on the life and teaching of Jesus. An average of about eight to ten sentences a day that we encourage you to read. Now. You probably read on average about 500 sentences a day from all sorts of things, you know, websites and magazines and essays and novels that you're reading. At least I hope you're reading at least 500 sentences a day. And now there are these eight to ten sentences your church suggests you read that are called, that we call, the Word of God. The teachings of Jesus, vectors from heaven, seed that the farmer is sowing. And he's sowing it on your soil. Maybe it's rocky soil, maybe it's hardened soil, maybe it's good, airy, open soil. I don't know what your soil's all about, but I can tell you one thing and take it to the bank. God is throwing the seed. He is throwing seed left and right. And he is showering you right now with so much seed that you look like you've been in a hay barn. And Jesus says, listen, hear, understand. Headphones on. A word coming in fruit a hundredfold and every hope for a good landing let's pray thanks oh God for your graciousness your love and your mercy you love us so much, you just keep walking up and down the fields of our life, and you just keep throwing seed, seed after seed after seed, and oh yeah, we're busy. Oh yeah, we've got lots of things to do. Oh yeah, we've got lots of other things to read. But you just keep throwing seed. You just keep showering us with your word, your message. And so Lord, we pray that you will give us the grace and the wisdom to put on the headphones, open our eyes and our ears to what you have to say because you want us to have joy. You want us to have joy. So we pray that we may take in all of that which surrounds us that you so graciously scatter upon our lives. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.